Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Thursday, March 7. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And uh, let me uh, pray for today. Heavenly Father, it has been an intense week, a complicated passage, um, lots of uh, different applications and different meanings and uh, pulling us to uh, hard places. And we ask God for your wisdom. We ask you also for your courage, uh, for the the courage to be able to follow you where this passage takes us, where the entire context takes us. Uh, May we be able to apply it to our lives, to our communities. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I am reading from the New International Version, the NIV, Isaiah 63, 1 through 6, subheading, God's Day of Vengeance and Redemption. Who is this coming from Edom? from Bozrah, with his garments stained crimson? Who is this robed in splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is I, proclaiming victory, mighty to save. Why are your garments red like those of one treading the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone. From the nations, no one was with me. I trampled them in my anger and trod them down in my wrath. Their blood splattered my garments, and I stained all my clothing. It was for me the day of vengeance. The year for me to redeem had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that no one gave support. So my own arm achieved salvation for me, and my own wrath sustained me. I trampled the nations in my anger, and my wrath I made them drunk and poured their blood on the ground. Hmm. This is a, a messy, 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 messy text. Uh, messy reality as well. All right, let's uh, see what the questions are today. The question is today, oh, questions, here we are. Is there any purpose in endlessly trying to solve the issue of the apparent dual nature of God? We have conflicting natures. Why shouldn't God? Oh, my. Gentle yeah. question. Well, yeah. I don't know, because in some ways it just feels like one of these things that we just go over and over and over and over it. And, you know, I said earlier in the week that I don't expect to have answers to things. Yeah. But I also feel like at some point there are certain things that it just becomes tiresome to talk about. I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, I must have been 15, I had a best friend, kind of a frenemy, we'd call her. And we would go during study hall, we'd sit in this office Uh and she would say, who should I go out with, Doug or Ray? Okay. And I would say, Doug. And she'd say, but I love Ray. Okay. And I'd say, go out with Ray then. Uh But I love Doug. Uh And we would have this conversation oh, for an hour, you know, go like yeah. this back and forth every day for weeks and Isn't months what, what and it never got anywhere. I, I don't know okay. because it just felt like, <laughs> okay, you know, there are these two conflicting things. Uh-huh. You love Doug, you love Ray. Like, okay, uh-huh. I don't go out with both of them, whatever. I mean, there's, there's options. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What am I supposed to say about it? It's not so, my problem, really. So it feels like this is kind of a variation on, is it even my problem? What kind of a nature God has? Do I have to decide? Do I have to identify? Do I have to know? Well, maybe the, maybe the difference is, is uh, comes down to maturity. 
if you take your metaphor, meaning that I am mature is what you're trying. Well, to say. let's let's go. That's a bit too far now, but I mean, <laughs> but no, seriously, yeah. Like I mean, if you take your metaphor of you know you having this conversation with your friend all those years ago, the maturity level back then was this level, and so of course the conversation ended up being back and forth with this girl about that. Just pointless, yeah. Pointless, right? But then. Today, that wouldn't be the case because life experience has taught us differently. We understand what love really means a little bit better at least. And and you speak to people who are in their 80s and 90s and men, their their understanding of love is even richer. Yeah, but don't you is. think, I mean, maybe not love, but don't you think that people still circle certain issues just kind of endlessly? Of course and- they do. I mean, some pe- I do. Some people Other people do. do. Um, you so can. There's a, so there's a level of maturity. Then there's a level of uh, of um, wisdom, maturity and wisdom. So what is the mature and wise thing to do? Uh, and I think this? I think that's actually that's actually what brings us to a healthier place of conclusion. And so I mean, I mean, Paul talks about this in Ephesians, where he says the mystery of Christ is this grace and incarnation that comes together. I think he says that in Ephesians three, where he says that. We, we understand this better when these two things come together. So there's got to be a coming together of different elements. And I think that this text is not something that, you know, you give this to a, a young novice, two-year-old, three-year-old, and say, hey, what does it mean? You call it's, a two-year-old a novice? <laughs> yeah, I know. Or like a baby. A baby. There you go. <laughs> Wait, a two-year-old wouldn't be able to read it at all. They well, have to be at least 10, probably. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> So you give it to a child, and, uh, and and the child would just be like, "Okay, cool, good." Go skipping well, off. Well, and do I think that's else. the reason why we chose uh, verse one, you know, six three verse one as the words to remember because that is the essence of what this passage is saying. So well, and it's the non-bloody part. Well, well <laughs> it kind of goes downhill from there. <laughs> well, I think it's because the passage says says speaks to me and speaks through this passage and speaks to the whole context of the story here is that God says, "Look." I come and I'm inside this thing and it's messy and there's pollution and there is dirt and the blood is not just sprinkled on me, it's splattered on me, splurted and it's all over the place. It is a mess. This is, and only I, God, can save. Only I, God, can process this mess. You don't even know what it is that I do, but it is a weird work. Um, I think yes. that's what's... Yeah. That, that is true. Yeah, I know. And I think that's actually part of what this this poetic description is inside here is trying to pull us through here. I mean, that's why his eyes like stomping the grapes and raging and trampling the people. I mean, it's just... Oh, I, I do have a question. Yeah. Are there any actual grapes? Are there grapes? In the wine press? I don't know. Like, I is, is there so. a wine press and are the nations I mean, you can't have wine in there without, too? You can't have wine press without well, I mean, having what grapes, What I mean is, is it, is it actually a wine press or is this just a... Like a wine press in quotes, and really, oh, you mean what like it a, is, a, is? You mean a vegetarian wine press? No, I mean like <laughs> a, a big field full of the nations, and he's stomping on their heads, and not grapes. <laughs> or is a wine well, press filled with people and grapes? <laughs> okay, so this is not. Uh, I don't. See, I don't see this text as a, a literal passage. Right, uh, I get that, so, but then. If you're not seeing it as literal, what are you supposed to see it as? I'm what seeing, is he doing? Are well, there nations? Is there trampling? Is anything happening? Yeah, there is. There is. There is. And I think part of it is that he's he's 
Well, well, because what I mean is that I'm once you get away to, from the details, yeah. once well. the clothes aren't red, they aren't splattered with blood, there's no wine press, there's no people. There's no, it's like, well, then what happened actually? There was what something is, that took place before and after that was amazing. About, you know, um, like apart from the, the actual words, I don't know what else to do with it really. Yeah, it's, it is unfortunate because maybe we should read more of the text. No, I don't think that would help. It would. This is it what really preachers would. always want to say, oh, you just need to read the chapter before and after. That never helps. It does. It's just more it confusion. No. It's more of the same thing. It's not. It's really like, good. Okay. Thank you for making me spend an extra. Well, look. I don't so know that it would help with this. So here's the the Bible, right? It's like, yes. uh, if, if you don't get a passage and it doesn't make any sense, don't give up. Read on. <laughs> If it doesn't make any sense, read before. And you'll, you'll, it's, it's kind of like if you have an injury, like your toe hurts, <laughs> no, go smash not. your finger with a hammer. No, no it's And you'll not. forget about your toe. <laughs> no, it's not like that. That's totally, not like that. That's it's totally not, it's not it's like. bash your head against the wall. Yeah, just it's, put it's yourself about. into pain in a different way and this will all go away. No. You'll, you'll forget about this by next week because I've already started looking at the passage for next week. Hey, it is. And it's even worse. <laughs> no, it's a. Great passage next week. Somebody's trying to kill me here, <laughs> just like to make my head explode. It's a great passage next week as well. But uh, trying to uh, stay focused on the question here, the dual nature of God. Um, I mean, that we have uh, dual natures, that we have a conflict. Does God have conflict? Uh, I don't see God as being portrayed as having conflict. Well, I think, okay, one thing I was thinking about is how you and I, for instance, are people who, because of the positions that we occupy, people expect us to be a certain kind of people, right? Oh, yes. Right. Okay. So the problem with that is that <laughs> as soon as you are that kind of a person, and I know a few people who are like what other people call traditional pastors or you uh, know, whatever, yeah. then nobody likes you. They don't want to be friends with you. Yeah. They can't relate to you. Yeah, I'm not that but yeah. if you're not that kind of a person, then yeah. they also dislike you for failing to live up to their expectations. Yes. yes. So you can't win. No, you don't. Um, so you just have to be what God has called you to be. Yeah, but I'm just saying that people in general, you know, I what we are, this. we are inconsistent. In terms of the way that we are, we're inconsistent over time, over no, a lot I, of things. Maybe God is also, I don't know. I just had this epiphany moment the other day where somebody was complaining to me about about me. and uh, They were complaining about you to your face? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it's, that's it, at least It's nice. And, uh, and, so, and so I'm listening. And, you know, my, my rule of thumb is that when you've got somebody who's um, critical, acidic, um, what I try to do, and I say to God, is right, I'm going to love them more. And if you love them more, um, then maybe this will work out and God will take care of it. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is that as you love them more, you give more of who you are and share more of who you are. They can turn against you. They have you. more ammunition to work with because you've been authentic <laughs> yeah, and vulnerable. So, so I was like, oh, oh then yeah. I got to the I point where I was like, goes. oh man, I've been trying this for a while. It's just getting, this is just getting more and more painful every time. And so, uh, but I'm, I'm going to keep on pursuing. And I think that you know that's what God calls us to. So, uh, but I don't think that's even addressing well, the, the I question. I think what I'm saying too is why do we hold God to this standard that when we hold other people to that standard? And they actually meet it. We don't like them. We we want them to be more relatable. So don't we want a God who's more relatable? Well, it's kind of like okay. you want a president that you can have a beer Here's with, a crazy right? Idea. People want somebody who's relatable. Here's this is what idea. they say. Um, and I was just sharing this with somebody, and 
I know we're well past time, but I'm going to share it anyway. Here we go. Uh, As quick as I can. Um, We're very comfortable with everybody sharing ideas uh, about our vulnerability with each other. And we like that uh, because then we can actually say we're equal. I'm broken, you're broken, and we're good. Hmm. But but when we actually excel, when we do things well, uh, it is difficult because we become more lonely because people don't like too many people that actually excel. Yeah, I know this feeling. I'm up here on this pedestal <laughs> all alone. <laughs> so, hang on, hit hit sound. So I think the difficulty is that um, some people want God to be relatable to them, mm-hmm. uh, and so we fashion God into our own image. Yeah. And and other people are willing to accept God for who He is on top of the entire universe, in control of all things. Well, no, I think everybody fashions God into some sort of an image, whether it's their own or not. I mean, I don't think you can avoid doing that. It's You can't know like in an objective way what God is. It's always filtered through your experience and your mindset and your value system and all of those things. Yes, there is no truth. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that um, I think that a human being's understanding of truth is filtered through who that human being is. Right. And so is there, is, there, is there any truth that actually is uh, reliable? Oh, we'd have to get into that on another well, day. I don't yeah. think we have time for that. Well, and I think that that's where, that's where the supernatural element of who God is reveals himself to us, not by our power, mm-hmm. that we can discover who God is, not by our own logic, logic or human understanding, but the spirit of God reveals himself to us. So there's so much inside that. Um, that's more than just us just attempting to see God. But anyway... Our time is well past that, so let's uh, repeat the question one more time. Is there any purpose in endlessly trying to solve the issue of the apparent dual nature of God? We have conflicting natures. Why shouldn't God? Really good questions. Uh, something to think about, discuss with your friends, talk about it, live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.